asset allocation, buy a well-diversified portfolio, buy and hold. These are all things you've probably heard in your, in your investment history. You've pro probably also heard, if you've been through a tough patch in the markets, hang in there. It'll come back. So Raiden and I today, we're going to break down for you what asset allocation really is and also um, how we do things that's a little bit different than what asset allocation is. So we've got a great episode for you today. We hope this is beneficial to you just to understand some of the terminologies that you might hear when it comes to investing. Uh, so we, we feel that this will add some value to your uh, decision-making process. By the way, uh, as we talk through this uh, episode, uh, if you think you'd like to learn a little bit more about what we do and how that works, please go visit our website, uh, which is pomwealth.net. The best place to go on the website, I believe, is the blog page. On there, we have a multiple of articles, but on the right-hand side, if you're thinking, I want to understand this a little bit more, you can, you can get for free, we don't charge anything for it, a complimentary uh, uh, masterclass called Three Keys to Secure Your Retirement. It's completely free. The first part of that, we actually talk a lot more detail about what we're doing now, and we can uh, use visuals that we can't use on a podcast. So go check that out. Uh, and uh, by the way, if you feel that this show is worthy of it, please give us a review. We love the written reviews and a five-star rating. Those are all very nice, but we are financial advisors. And before we can get into this, we do have to do a disclosure and Merce is our disclosure guy. That's right. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different types of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your specific situation. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome everybody to our Retirement in Action. Um, we do this every Wednesday. I will tell you that for me, Merce and I, I think we we enjoy this one because we get to hit topics that are coming up uh, in our practice and from our clients and from those that are not clients and are checking us out or they're maybe uh, looking for multiple at rather multiple advisors trying to make a decision on who they would work with, who's going to fit them and their personality. And today on this particular episode, we're going to talk a little bit about money management, and we really have broken it down into two major categories. One of those is asset allocation. We're going to explain exactly what that means. And then the other one is find the strongest assets. What are the strongest assets that you can be in and, and how do you do that? So we'll talk about those two strategies. I do want to do a little bit of a setup though. And the setup is this, you know, I believe, and I, you know, whenever somebody's ever looking at us and, you know, that conversation usually goes with, Hey, I just want you to know, I'm talking to a couple of advisors. I go, fantastic. And by the way, this is the way we believe, we firmly believe this. You should work with an advisor, with a financial planner, whatever you want to call them. You should work with somebody who their personality 
and your personality match. And so Merce and I have our personality. We have our thinking. We have our process. We have we do what we do, and we don't alter that to try to to match somebody else. We just do what we do. And if somebody goes, I love what you guys do, well, then that's probably a good fit for us and them together. But if they go, you know what? I really want it to be this way. Can you guys do that? Merce and I very quickly will say, sorry, we can't do that. Maybe we can refer you to somebody else who does that because we're just not good at that. We're not good at that process. So we're gonna talk a little bit about our process today. We're gonna talk a little bit about our belief system today. And you're either going to say, hey, that makes a lot of sense or that's ridiculous. One of the two, that's okay. So uh, bear with us on this. But we want to kind of talk a little bit about this so we understand definitions. So first of all, we want to understand when you ever hear this terminology from an advisor, what, are they, what do they mean when they say asset allocation? You know what we need to do? We need to look at your risk tolerance, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And then based on your risk tolerance, we're going to build for you an asset allocation. That's a very common sentence. So Merce, could you explain what an asset allocation means? And then we'll talk a little bit about how maybe an asset allocation would be adjusted based on your risk tolerance. But first of all, what is it? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> asset allocation is um, by far the most common way of investing. And I think it's the most common for a couple of different reasons. It's, it's relatively easy to do. And then there's hardly any maintenance to it. Um, so asset allocation from a very high level is you, you're, you may have heard um, buy and hold or buy a well diversified portfolio. That's essentially what asset allocation is. So for example, let's take a bucket of money and let's put it into the stock market, but let's put it into different sections of the stock market. So it may be large cap stocks like your Apples, your Amazons, your Googles, maybe mid cap stocks, small cap stocks. So a sliver of your money goes towards each section of these. And then you've got your sectors like being involved in energy, being involved in technology, being involved in healthcare and financials. So you buy up a little piece of all one, all of these, and then also the bond side, the fixed income side. So you buy up some of that too. And all of a sudden you've got this, if you can visualize a pie and you've got a bunch of different slivers in different places of the market. That's essentially what asset allocation is. You're, you're buying all over the place. And the idea is that if you buy in enough different places and you hold it for the long term, and I'm, we're talking 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you hold it for the long term, then the idea here is that overall the market is going to go up and those pieces that you own are also going to go up at points at different points in time. So Take, for example, last year in 2020, 2020 was a messy year, but overall, large cap did very well. And then we had small cap, small cap and mid cap that didn't do as well. They were affected. And so large cap kind of held up your asset allocation and made the overall portfolio look like it did okay. But you had those slivers that didn't do so well. And so, but overall, if you're buying that well-diversified portfolio, you're holding on to it. You're going to have things that do well. You're going to have things that do bad. And the overall is uh, you're going to do generally okay if you're, going to, if you're willing to sit in there for the long term, sit in there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And a lot of times that's really the only option that you have. So go to your first job and you start investing in a 401k. <clears throat> a lot of times you don't know what to do and you just start picking different investments. Um, there's a lot of 
investments that you're probably familiar with in the in the that are named kind of like target date funds. So let's say you plan on retiring in 2030 or 2050, um, they're going to create an asset allocation based off of how much longer you have left to work. And that asset allocation is going to continue to adjust based off of your age. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where when I said earlier, when I said it's easy to set up, well, really what the, what the advisor is doing in the background is once you have that conversation with the advisor, once you pinpoint your risk tolerance and it says, okay, here's where I belong. Well, then you, you buy into that or the advisor buys into that for you. And then it's just a little bit of ongoing maintenance, which is essentially rebalancing the account. Maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's once a year. Um, and so there's very little maintenance to it. So it's an easy way to kind of set it and forget it. Um, you've probably heard that term as well. So that's a very high level as to what asset allocation is. Yeah. And I think the thing that you want to have clear when you're thinking about asset allocation <clears throat> is sometimes uh, we've had folks come into us and they've said this, hey, you know what? I was with my advisor. And I thought I was in a conservative portfolio, but then came 2008 or even more recent, March 2020, and the market, let's just use March 2020, dropped in that, in that period 32%. And I felt like I was in a conservative portfolio, but I was down 20%. And the reality is, yes, your asset allocation, and by the way, that you could deem that as a good job because you would say, I only experienced 20% down when the stock market or the S&P was down 32. So you were, you still were hedged against that. And then the asset allocation argument would be is that if you stay invested, you'll come back, which you would have came back in 2020. The question is, can you stomach that negative, whatever that is? And that's a big topic about what Merce and I talk about with folks is what is that downside number? And one of the processes we have when we talk about risk tolerance is getting your downside number. We want to know at what point would you say, I can't handle that. I can't handle it. And we usually do it on a dollar number. We take a million dollars and say, hey, 20%. And they go, ah, 20% doesn't sound that bad until we say 200,000. And then they go, uh-uh, I do not want to lose 200,000. So asset allocation, you have to figure out what is your downside exposure. And Merce and I have a little process that we can take a portfolio through and we can look at what's called the drawdown of that portfolio. We can put it into a model and we say, hey, here's if you had this model for the last 15 years, 20 years, here would have been your max drawdowns. And we can take your current portfolio and do that. Take those holdings. If you're in an asset allocation, buy and hold strategy, and we can tell you what your your um, what we call drawdown, how the max you would have lost. So if you ever want to see that, let us know. We can show it to you. Uh, we just need to know what your portfolio is made up of. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out.
Now, we dealt with asset allocation, and I think the biggest thing I want you to get out of that is you have to understand that asset allocation means you do not sell even if the market is crashing. If you have a pandemic, you do not sell. If the market is having a financial crisis like in 2008, you do not sell. Because if you sell, you defeat the purpose of an asset allocation. And if you have an advisor, they're going to always tell you to hang in there. All right, let's talk about this other side the strongest assets. Now, the strongest assets is a completely different mentality. That says, hey, I do want to sell whenever those assets are no longer strong. So, Merce, could you just kind of give us a nice overview of kind of a little bit of what we do when we're trying to build around this idea of the strongest assets and what that would look like as compared to an asset allocation? Yeah, yeah. So, remember, asset allocation, pretty much we're saying, let's just buy as many little slivers of the market as we can. Let's be well diversified. So when we're, when we're saying that we want to be in the strongest places, just picture, picture um, the entire world of the stock market. So you've got equities, your, your, your stocks, your companies, and you've got bonds, fixed income, and then you've got some alternatives. And then also in the stock market, you've got cash options. So Picture them all together. A lot of times people don't ever look at them together. You say, well, I've got stocks or I've got bonds or I hold cash in the bank. We, we look at them all together. So picture them all together and put them side by side, side in a race together. And so what we're doing is we're saying, okay, in this race, who is winning? Now, the majority of the time in the race, you're going to have equities winning the race because equities typically are going to be the ones that have growth to them. Bonds are kind of there for stability and to make a decent rate of return, but they're really not there to really run away with returns. Equities are supposed to do that. So a lot of times equities are going to be leading that race. But there have been times like 2001, 2002, where the bonds have actually started to outpace the equities market. And so we kind of look at it and say, well, where is the strongest place to be? And then there's been, there's been times where go to a 2008 scenario or a March of 2020 scenario where you have equities that are pulling back in the race. You also have bonds that are pulling back in the race. Cash hardly ever moves, but by default, because it's not going backwards, it's now the leader in the race. And so that's kind of a high level way of looking at it, trying to paint a picture for you as to how we're looking and seeing where is the best place to be. So we're not saying we have to be in equities at all given times. There's periods of times where we could take our 100% equity portfolio and put it 100% into bonds or 100% into cash like we did have to do in 2008, like we did have to do in March of 2020 um, last year. So uh, so go back to the equities. Now we've, de we've decided that equities are the winner in the race. Now let's dive down even further and say, okay, well, in the world of equities, stocks, who's leading that race? Um, and so we're not saying, well, we just need to be in a piece of everything because equities are winning right now. We say, okay, let's find the top performers in the equity side of the world. And so to give you an example, last year in 2020, um, large cap technology pretty much won the race. Even with the, the blip that we had in 2020, uh, large cap right around April took off technology right around April took off. Why? Because those are the companies that were thriving amidst the pandemic. And so we, we shifted our entire portfolios along that way. And we said, there's no reason to be in mid cap right now. There's no reason to be in small cap right now. So let's kick that out of the mix for this moment in time. Now, come January of 2021, a couple months ago, all of a sudden we started to see a little rotation 
And now the leaders of the race in the equity world are no longer large cap and they're no longer technology. It's shifted to small cap and mid cap. And so we made that change in January and it's been very fruitful for us. Um, and so think about that as well. Why is that working? Well, you've got the vaccine hopes, you've got a change in leadership, you've got a bunch of different things that are going on where it, event, it looks like the world may go back to normal in, in 2021. So mid cap and small cap are starting to make a little bit of a run. How long that run lasts, we have no idea. And, we, and we're never going to forecast that. We're always just watching the numbers, always looking at the race and see who and trying to identify who the top leaders are. Um, so that's a very high level, a nice little analogy to give you an idea as to how that works. And I will say that the vast majority of folks who work with uh, folks like Merce and I, their objective is like, here, you know what, we want to make a good rate of return. We just don't want to lose so much. And because of the fact that we are actively managing the account and we're watching it every single day, we're not trading it every day, but we're watching it every day. We, we And we are managing those assets. And if things happen, it could be the middle of the month. If things start to get bad, we will sell. Now, the argument against that would be, yeah, but when do you get back in? Again, we're measuring that. And Merce and I can't do that by ourselves. We have to, we spend a lot of money uh, every year and we hire analysts that give us data to tell us what the strongest assets are. So if, if cash becomes dominant because equities are falling and bonds are falling and we go to cash, that, that same data is going to tell us when to get back in. That occurred in 2020. We got out whenever the market was crashing, but we had to get back in. And I'll tell you, uh, the data said get back in. Our heart said we don't want to get back in because it still looks scary, but we had to listen to the numbers and we got back in and, and we actually did very, very well for 2020. Despite the fact that we took our clients through a scenario where they had very minimal downside throughout that process. So we would just, all we're trying to do here in this particular conversation is helping you think through what do you think your personality is? Do you think you like the idea of this asset allocation, buy and hold, keep the, the portfolio invested all the time? I'm not going to sell no matter what happens in the market. I'm okay with understanding that the portfolio could be down 20, 30, 40%, but I understand it'll maybe come back over years and I'm good with that. Or do you say, you know what? No, I would rather have my assets observed and watched and protected because it's more important to me to make a decent rate of return and minimize the downside because I've worked for decades to get this money. And now it's not about trying to get the biggest growth out there that I possibly can get. It's saying I want a decent rate of return. I don't want to lose so much money. If that's what you're saying, asset allocation is probably not going to fit you. But if you say, hey, I don't like this idea of selling and going to cash, well, then active management is probably not going to fit you. Uh, so in our approach, we're attracting those people that say, hey, I like you. I like what you do. Because if you came to us and said, guys, I want to buy and hold, and I want you to manage it that way for me, Merce and I are going to say, we don't do that. Now, if a person comes in, comes in here with a, a stock that they love and they say, I want to hold that stock, please don't sell it. Well, we won't sell it, <laughs> but that's on them. If that stock crashes, we don't charge anything for that. We don't make any money on that. We just say, no, we'll hold the stock. If it crashes, it crashes. So we hope that this gives you a, a little bit of an idea about this. If you've got more questions and you're trying to figure that out, there's a couple things you can do. One, you can go to our website, which is pomwealth.net. 
I encourage you to go to the blog page. There's tons of articles where there's an article on this particular episode that you're listening to, as well as on the right-hand side, there's a a thing you can listen to. It's a video Marks and I created called Three Keys to Secure Your Retirement. It is a video that takes you through the process of thinking through retirement in an entire first section. It talks about how we manage money in that video. So if you'd like to hear that, please go check it out. We hope this has been beneficial. Thank you so much for spending your Wednesday with us here and listening to the podcast. We look forward to talking to you next week. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.